Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. Hello. This is the episode Russ has been waiting for. (laughs) Jeff selected this game specifically because he knows that I love it. Uh, It was kind of my way to guarantee his participation (laughs) in the project. It really was. And it did. It worked. So, Russ, why don't you tell him what we're doing today? Today we are reviewing Lufia and the Fortress of Doom. 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 I think it's courtesy, pronounced that way. Courtesy of Teddy. <laughs> You'll be caught. <laughs> uh, so we'll go ahead and jump into personal history. Um, personal history like most JRPGs. Um, I had the original cart, um, played it on my Super NES back in the day, beat it many times. Um, for this review, this is probably the fourth time that I've played it all the way through beginning to end. So I'm very familiar with Lufia. I ain't gotten on this first time I played it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's, yeah, that's that, all I have to offer. That is my contribution is introducing Jeff to so many different wonderful old school games. And newer ones. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> yeah. I introduced him to a lot of unique and some of them take root in my soul, and then he stops playing them, and I'm left all alone with a fandom that I'm ashamed of. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... We'll leave that to your imagination. For now. So, next we've got story and characters! So, I like the beginning of this story is actually the end of another story. It is amazing. It is what captured my attention to this game the moment I put it in. From what I understand, the second game is a prequel. So basically, you're playing right... When you first start the game, you're playing the end of the second game. You are, yes. Uh, You're playing the end of an epic quest to defeat evil. You are super overpowered with your characters. All the epic epic gear, and you go in and slaughter evil. Uh... The quest is fairly, uh, the story is fairly average. It's evil rule the land. It's vanquished in the prologue by the chosen warriors. And the main character that you end up playing is a descendant of one of the great warriors of legend. The world is at peace and everybody's pretty lazy and complacent about it. The story is pretty straightforward. The evil is coming back. So first you have to go on a quest to find survivors or descendants of the first group of heroes. Then you have to find the ultimate sword. Then you have to build an airship so you can fly to evil's base and beat them. Pretty standard JRPG fare. 
but very well told, I feel. Uh, in terms of characters, which is going to be Russ's yeah. main area here, I just like that they were imperfect characters. Yeah. Like, the fighter that you get is blunt and kind of a jerk. Mm -hmm. uh, at one point, the hero is willing to consider killing one of the party members who betrays them. Like, these are not, also, it's not a silent protagonist. He has dialogue. I was going to say exactly that. I, 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 silent protagonist is fine, but I love a speaking protagonist. I like, I like my characters to have their own personality and their own flaws and to really hear what they have to say. So, anyway, go ahead. Tell us about your characters. Um, I just, I reiterate what you said. Like, I really like that they had a lot of personality. I like the way they banter back and forth between each other. I think they play pranks on each other. They do. Point. They play, play pranks. They bicker. They joke. Um, it's, especially for the time. I know I say that all the time. For the time. But um, but they have a lot of personality. Um, and I really like the relationship between Luthia, the title character, who's one of your party members, and the protagonist. I think it's kind of a, it's kind of a realistic sort of relationship that you would have with this childhood friend and your of attracted to her, but you don't really know how to express that. My first impression of Luthia is she's kind of a bitch. Well, she is kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I like her for that. I think she's, I think she's very strong for a female protagonist. Of, I do like, I, I like the, the imperfectness, the, the real, yeah. the realistic nature of the characters. Very much. Because they have flaws. One thing I didn't like about the story, though, is it felt the driving force behind it felt a little weak, like, evil's coming back, except we never see evil do anything except, like, yeah. harass us and say things to us. We're gonna come back and destroy everything. Really? You've destroyed Jack. You just walked up to me in yeah. town and said, I'm back! Evil will reign! Well, yes, and that is true, but you also, as you learn in subsequent games, there's a very specific order to the revival of the Sinistrals, as the main Oh, yes, the Sinistrals are the, yeah. the main... Um, and there's a very specific order to their comeback. They represent, what, chaos, power, death, and something. Chaos, chaos destruction, death, and terror. Oh, okay. Randomly. <laughs> because that's different. <laughs> yeah, the other ones. I just... Um, Gades of destruction always comes back first. Well, kind of comes back first. Um, because one of the rules that you're supposed to follow as a writer when you're writing a story. Is this the most interesting period of these characters or this world's life? If not, you should be telling that story. Right. And for me, it's very clear that the second game, the prequel, that's got to be the most interesting. And it, it is. Because I agree with that. I, the game very clearly lines up where you need to go next. And I like that. It's like, okay, next you have to go north and then a little east to a town called this so you can get this. I like it when an RPG is fairly straightforward with its goals, so you're not wandering around going, oh god, what do I have to do, what do I have to do? Go to every town, talk to every person. Uh, but I just, even though the instructions were clear, I didn't feel the impetus, I didn't feel a threat. Yeah, that's true. Even though the game kept saying, there's a threat. Right. I didn't feel it. You that's have to right. take the original hero's word for it, that this is the terrible thing that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah the biggest threat is when one of the big evil Sinestrals casually saunters up to you while you're in a town and informs you, oh, we're back, we're going to destroy everything. Yeah. Well, thanks for the heads up. It was nice to meet you, sir. Um, have a good day. But to play devil's advocate, you do see some destruction very early on. 
I mean, you do see that one ruined kingdom, so you know something's going. Oh, to that's happen. true. That's true. They did slaughter one king. I forgot you, about that. Yeah, there is. It's one. like the first thing that happens, and then they don't do anything else. Right. <laughs> they just pose. They stand around and go, "Aren't we evil?" Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think, I do agree with you that you know part part of what I took away from that that introduction. Um, with the, the different characters that grow a little old, is I really wanted to know about them. You know, as much as I loved the characters that I was playing as, I really wanted to know what were happening to those dudes back then. Um, because I felt like it was maybe a more interesting they story. They had a better story. And it is. <laughs> uh, then the only last note I have here on stories is the game is pretty straightforward about your next objective. Until you hit that stupid Three Towers quest. Oh. Jesus. See, and I am totally the opposite. I loved the Three Towers. It's three dungeons. You have to go through all three of them. Then you have to go back through all three of them again in a specific order. Right. Like, I just, I was just here. I just did this. Why, am I, why do I have to do it again? As, yeah. Maybe part of it is nostalgia. Maybe it's rose-colored nostalgia glasses. But I like the Three Towers. And I think the boss that you ultimately fight at the end was great. So, do you have anything else for story or character? Not really. I think um, the only thing to add is I think they, I think there are a lot of interesting NPCs. I think they do a good job characterizing um, a lot of the NPCs that only help you in your quest for a very brief period of time. You don't. Play yeah, the them. adventures are fun. They are. They have some. There's some wacky sense of humor involved in the adventures. And I like even some of the random NPCs. I mean, my example is right in the first town that you start out as. There's this little story about this guard that's chasing the castle maids around, and then the first princess has this little story. If you talk to her, I think they breathe some life into. There was apparently one sailor that has a girlfriend in like three different cities. Right. Exactly. It's kind of like a proto. If anyone's ever played like Lunar or else in the sky RPGs anyone who's played that and knows what I'm talking about it's kind of a proto version of that where you have these characters that that really do have little lives and a little story to tell so there you go yeah. uh, next we have the combat system so the combat system here like the last game we did great breed is also fairly unique it's not a list of commands uh, the command options are set up like on a wheel almost, mm -hmm. and you select the spokes. The game, it, the whole game is very visual. I think it's very colorful, um, and even like you're saying, the command system is like a colorful visual situation. Uh, one thing I didn't like is since it's a new system, you always have new names for spells because everybody mm -hmm. can't just call it fire heal. Right. But this one takes it to a weird degree. For example, the heal spells are named Strong and Valor. <laughs> right. How the hell am I supposed to know? <laughs> Quick, somebody's injured. What do I cast to heal them? I'll cast Valor on them. Yeah. That'll heal their wounds. It's trial and error. Uh, well, luckily, the game is very nice in that there's a button that you hit. I forget which one, like R. And it basically gives you a description of what the spell does. Exactly. And eventually, you will learn the spells. But, like, Valor? It's a healing spell. Yeah. And if you want to cure somebody from stone, you cast stone on them. You do. Uh, like, I get that you want to put your own brand on the spell right. names, but I feel like this game may have taken it a little too long. I believe it's fake that raises your defense or speed. Yes. 
Yes, it gets defense. It's fake. Fake raises your defense. Uh, the spell names are just bizarre. <laughs> it also does one of the things that I hate in an RPG, and that I feel is almost unforgivable in the Super Nintendo one, where if one of your party members kills a monster, then the next one that you told to hit yeah. that monster just whiffs. He just goes out and... Because, yep. like, if you and I were fighting a group of people, and I knocked one of them down, would you then go to try and punch the guy I knocked down? Just like, oh, oh, I know I just saw you knock him down, but I'm going to try and swing at the air. Welcome to AD's Dragon Quest slash Warrior. Yep, I get it. My understanding as a child was you're all attacking the enemy at the same time, and one of them gets killed, and then the other one... But that, that, how can Place that work if you're swing. doing it at the same time? That's my this, this this was my thought process as a little boy, <sighs> as a wee child. Well, wee Russ was wrong. <laughs> wee Russ was incorrect. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get your frustration. I think I'm more forgiving. Well, I have I have two other. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Uh, well, I'll say this. I did like. You could buy arrows as just like an attack item. I kind of like that. Right. Just go to a shop, stock up on some super powerful arrows. Anybody can throw them out. That's kind of nice. Sometimes uh, enemies are were occasionally grouped together, but then sometimes not. Sometimes right. all the enemies would be in one group. Sometimes it'd be like three enemies in one group, then one enemy, then another enemy who should be with these three, Which but he's not. It, he's over here now. Makes it difficult using the group magic spell. Yeah, there are there are a couple of times where you can there attack an entire group with magic right. or with a bow. With a bow. Mm -hmm. uh, because a sword can't attack three guys at once, but bow and arrow can hit three guys at one time. <laughs> uh, so just the grouping seemed random, but not near as random. I never understood the attack order. I beat the entire game. No. I never understood how the attack order went. I think it's just based on your speed. Because I give everyone a command, and then before everyone had gone, I'm giving new commands. Like, mm -hmm. I'm giving you your second or third command, and that guy hasn't done his first turn yet. Right. It's kind of like the Final Fantasy ATV battle system, but you don't have any gauges. Yeah, there's no list. There's idea. no... Mm -hmm. I honestly, throughout the entire game, had no idea who was going to go win. Yeah. Ever. I know it's all speed-based, but it is just... Yeah, and I tried upping the speed of whoever seemed to be going the slowest, but... The system never turned cohesive. It never gelled for me. And I think in the same way, I, I go back to the ATV system because I think different, like once you select your command, then different attacks have different time periods before they then execute. Yeah. Like a spell might take a little bit longer than a physical attack, but again, there's no gauge to tell you when it's going to happen. So now that I've been picking on it, what do you think? I actually agree with pretty much all of your complaints about the battle system. I am a little more forgiving in the you know whipping the attack. Scenario, but I do agree it did not it did not revolutionize <laughs> um, anything as far as JRPG battle systems. It's pretty standard. If you've played an old school Dragon Quest slash Warrior, you pretty much know what you're getting. Um, but I agree. There we go. So now yeah. we we are going to move on to innovation. I just want to ask this: What is it with JRPGs and saving your game at a church? Yeah, like why do that is? It's it's such a weird connection, but there's so many of them that do that. If you want to save your game, you got to talk to a priest. That makes sense. No, I I 
that makes sense. There's a difference between I'm saving sorry. your soul and saving your game. You're you're confessing. You're confessing the sins you have wrought. Dear Father, I've slaughtered countless monsters today. Also, I traveled from one city to the... No, put down in your book that I went to this city. If you could just... No, I was at that city. I'm here now. You're blessing the souls of the mini-monsters. I leveled up three times today. If you could... Actually, did you write down four? No, okay, fine. It was three. There's a lot of weird items in this game with no way of knowing what they do. Yeah, some of them don't really do anything. <laughs> like, again, it kind of goes back to the spell names, but even like the potions are a little weirdly named. They are. Items that change your stats are pretty common, though, and I like that. Right. They're, it's very common, but you have to, you have to be careful, because like, spell potion increases your mana, but mind potion increases your magic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to, if you're trying to assign these things to specific people for specific reasons, you have to be very careful. Great potion and uh, great potion raises HP. And then which one is strength? Power potion. Yeah. So a great I might potion. actually have that backwards. <laughs> power potion may raise HP and great potion may raise strength. Yeah. I've played this game four times and I can't remember. This so. this is the point I'm trying to illustrate. <laughs> but um, I like the potions because there's an abundance of them. I feel like there's an abundance of them in the game. And it really helps you boost the stats, boost each character. And it makes you feel like you out. have more control over your character's development. Exactly. I mean, you don't really, it's pretty straightforward because of the time. Yeah. But it, it gives you the feeling like you're customizing your character. You can take your warrior character who's very slow and you can give him all of the speed potions. Yeah. I really like that it had smaller dungeons. Most of the dungeons were pretty small. It was. You never felt like, oh my god, I'm never going to find my way out of this before I die. I didn't think they were small, but I also, and again, as, they someone were manageable. This, as someone who's played this so many times, I do feel like some of them were confusing. I mean, they, they are... There's that one where you have to build a bridge. That one's irritating. Right. They are a little maze-like in their designs, and the one with all the little warp points. Towards the end. Yeah. Towards the end, they get a little bit more confusing, but for the first half of the game, they're very straightforward. Yeah. Um, I like... I like when spell learning is just directly linked to level. Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry about grinding a certain piece of equipment right. or I'm finding a certain item in order to learn a spell. Just as you get stronger, you learn the spells you need. Yeah, and I think it helps each character be a little more individual because they all kind of have different strengths and weaknesses to their magic. Uh, one thing that, I, that really stood out to me is the old cave. I was going to mention the old cave. I love the old cave. It's... It's got seven different levels to it, but you can't go through all seven when you first find it. It's right off of one of the cities, and the levels are level-linked. So when you hit a certain level, it's level 12, level 30, then there's a guy behind a counter who says, Hey, you can now go to level 6 of the old dungeon and find me this item. And the old dungeon has a lot of really good items and equipment. But again, it's level linked, so you have to keep coming back. Luckily, there's a teleport spell to move around quickly. Right. So it, it's, I, at first I thought it was a bottomless dungeon. I was kind of disappointed when I found yeah. that it only went down to seven. Right. Because it was ahead of its time, and it gets there. Don't worry. <laughs> well, just because a lot of JRPGs <laughs> don't give you a reason to go back to the older places unless it's right. quest specific. Mm -hmm. This is a side quest where, oh, by the way... You know, it's, it's been a while since I've been to the old cave. Maybe I should go check and see if I've leveled up enough to do the next level. Mm -hmm. 
I need a different word other than level because I'm using the word level in like three different uses in the same sentence. Well, a different floor. Yeah, going to a different basement floor. It's okay. So I, I really like that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the things I thought was the most interesting, there is a hidden town that specific. You know what I'm talking about. I know now. exactly what you're talking. Go about. ahead, tell them. Forfeit Island. Yeah, and what is what is special about Forfeit Island? Forfeit Island allows you to buy back absolutely anything that you have sold anywhere, anywhere throughout the course of the game. So no worrying that you sold whatever that powerful sword you can that there's only one of in some treasure chest somewhere. You can buy it back. Yeah, somehow Forfeit. every item you've ever sold shows up. Yep, it, it's you don't have to go to Forfeit to beat the game. Exactly. It's kind of a nice touch because I've never seen an RPG actually address that issue yeah. that way before. I mean, several games have like buyback options or whatever. Uh, I could even see, I think there's games where, you know, you sell something and it goes into that shop's inventory. Right. I think that's more common in Western games. I know yeah. like Dragon Age, a case like that, has the buyback yeah. option. Although I think it's most often you sell something and it's gone and the game just doesn't let you sell right. unique stuff that you can't win the game without. But the idea of creating this hidden city where you can buy back everything. Yeah. And then there's the one store in Forfeit Island. It's a store that sells nothing but junk. <laughs> but once you step in, you're like latched onto by these two sales girls. <laughs> and the game refuses to let you leave the store until you've bought some junk. Like you set foot in that store. That's it. You're locked in. They're going to natter at you, they're going to cry, they're going to whine. You have to buy junk to get out of the store. It is moments like that that make me love this game. Because for all the flaws and things like the battle systems, little moments like that with the characters and the story that I think they spent a lot of time. Yeah. Putting a lot of detail into. Yeah, it was definitely an endearing moment. I do like that the game occasionally, it basically has cutscenes. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not cinematic cutscenes because they didn't have the technology. But it's, right. it's basically, you walk into a town. And Lufia has a scene where she talks about these flowers and mm -hmm. runs around in the flowers for a while. It's you don't see that that often to see actual cutscenes that early on, right? Mm -hmm. And then of course the flowers ended up being very significant. symbolic of different aspects of the game. Yes, I like that we've talked about the entire game without giving away the big plot twist. Yes, are you going to give away the plot twist? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, I know, the game is. 20-something years old. But, but you never know. Like, we'll, just, we'll just call it the twist. It's yeah, like, that's, yeah. I, I wasn't surprised by it at all. It really wasn't a twist for me. I, yeah, it, no. I, yeah, no. I think you can definitely see it coming, but I think, again, going back to the way this game tells a story, I think it was very masterfully told. I think the way that you're talking about cutscenes and the way that they had them, I think it was very, it was emotionally impactful. Yeah, uh, we might as well. I think we're in that. Oh, we got to do music before we can move on to final thoughts. And I music. love the music. Well, then let's talk about music. Talk about the music, Russ. I love the music in this game, even though it is, you know, just this standard Super NES. Um, I don't know exactly what you call it, what you call music from that time. But anyway, <laughs> even though it's just a Super NES game, I think it has one of the best soundtracks of any Super NES game. I think that that uh, initial song when you you know when you're with your 
the the old heroes in the very beginning you're exploring the island for the first time yeah, it's it's very impactful i love the music the music didn't impact me <laughs> yeah music does not impact you well no whatsoever. but here's the thing <laughs> but when you compare it to games like chrono trigger for example like i could start whistling tunes from chrono trigger yeah. frogs theme for example but i can whistle tunes from this that's See, what i'm saying and i none of them stuck with me that I didn't like the battle music. That's the only musical place that I feel like the game broke down. I thought it was pretty generic um, as far as battle music goes. But that Doom Island theme is just Would you like to see what I have in my notes under, under music there? It's just okay. Seems okay. The, well, do you want to read what else I have under music? Oh, yeah, that's nothing. No, no, that's, that's, nothing. that's all but I got. But you don't. You're not a musical person. I'm really not. So, um, and I don't, I don't know anything technical about music, but I do, I do really pay attention to video game music. And like you're saying about Chrono Trigger, I can whistle tunes from Lugia. Just like you can whistle tunes from Chrono Trigger. I think it's pretty much just I'm Chrono not Trigger. going to do it because I can't. Kids at home, I can't if you whistle. all clap your hands <laughs> at once and say, I do believe in fairies, no. then Russ will whistle a little tune for I you. I can't whistle. Russ is not going to whistle a tune no matter how much you believe in fairies. <laughs> unless, you know, unless the fairies grant me the power to whistle at this very moment, which I don't think is going to happen. And now we've gone seriously off the rails, but it's my fault. <laughs> I brought fairies into it, so we'll move on to final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, it, it's mostly what we've addressed before. I like the game overall. I, I like the story, even though it seemed to lack the impetus. I did like the straightforward nature of the narrative. I liked a lot the, the first of all, starting the story at the end of a bigger story, and then going to track down what happened to those heroes. I like that element where it's like, mm -hmm. even though I wasn't with them for very long, I did kind of feel an attachment. There's, they did cram emotion and everything into that first confrontation. So you actually do want to find out, like, what happened to this guy? Where's this guy? That is one of the strongest parts of this game is the emotion, I feel, that they pack into the story, given that you're just looking at little sprite characters. Well, and I think part of that might come from the flawed, realistic characters. <clears throat> because the characters aren't just generic cutouts. They're fighter, healer, mage. They're, most of the characters are more rounded in terms of their abilities. I was actually very surprised the first time the protagonist said something. I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah. that, that's my guy. Why is he talking? They are kind of anime stereotypes, <laughs> but it's to a level that you just didn't see. You know, well, I, again, I don't have a lot of exposure to anime, really, yeah. so I, those stereotypes don't jump out at me. Most of my anime exposure is what you've tricked me into over the years. I've tricked you into a lot. Been very little compared to the amount of anime that's out there. But uh, overall, I like Lupia. I did. Uh, so, so A to F. A to F. B minus. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I had to take off of that combat system. If it hadn't been for the, the way all my complaints with the way the combat worked, mm -hmm. it, it could have. I could have enjoyed the game a lot more overall. And then the narrative was kind of lacking. Yeah. I agree. Probably my least favorite thing about the, the narrative or the characters is that the Sinistrals are pretty much just evil gods who are just evil because they were 
created to be evil. And they don't really have a lot to do with the plot. They're the backdrop. They're the they threat. Are. I mean, you do end up fighting them at the end, uh, but your job is to prevent them from rising to power, which by necessity means they can't be a threat because they're not in power. Yeah. But you prevent it, so you, you save the day and everything's good. I have a feeling the second game is probably a lot more fun in that respect. Well, I guess we'll see when we play the second game, won't we? Yeah, I guess <laughs> we'll find out since I've never played that. There are more Lupia games, right? There are. There was one for the Game Boy. There's one for the Game Boy Color. Oh. Surprisingly. Um, and then there was a fourth one, which I have not played, which was for the Game Boy Advance, which I'm surprised that I haven't played it. it was I am too, considering how much you love Lupia. And I don't Lupia know if it was like a limited release or something, or... Um, I heard that it's not great. So, what's your score? Let's get your score. Oh, my score. I, you put the minus on, so I would probably say A minus. And I would probably also give the minus just because of the really generic combat. Um, but I give it an A just because I feel like it's a. I feel like it's a very emotionally impactful story. I teared up at the end. Now, <laughs> now I have very visceral. <laughs> Emotional reactions to a lot of media, so I'm not expecting the average person to have water in their eyes, but, um, yeah, but anyone who's a little emotional about stuff, I would forewarn you. I think perhaps if the ending hadn't, there's another little twist at the end, and if it hadn't turned into a happy ending like it did... My score might have actually been a little bit higher, just because it would have been more unique. Oh, you wanted to see everyone suffer. No, forever. Not, not everyone. <laughs> just the hero. Just okay. Yeah. Just there was a penalty. There was a price, but uh, they they turned it into a happy ending. Uh, it was bittersweet. It was bittersweet. It's not. It wasn't as bittersweet as it could have been. Okay. I'll give you that. Uh, which is fine. I mean, happy endings are standard fare. I mean. I don't go around expecting a game not to have a happy ending, but it, it would have stood out to me more, and I would have given it points for originality had it not. So I'll so I will set say this for when we do play Lupia Two, you will love the ending. I've seen the ending. Oh, <laughs> we played Lupia One. It's there. Oh no! You, oh no! <laughs> like I, said, I thought maybe you saw it on YouTube. No, you, you um you have not seen the ending. Of Lupia, of Lupia Two, okay, so which they is add the prequel. They add more in. There's after. a there's a bit more, and you, based on your comments, will just <laughs> be head over heels. Well, for that ending. There's something to look forward to. So, yeah. did you have anything else? I don't think I have anything else. I just, I, it's one of my favorite games because of the fantastic story, the fantastic characters, and just being extremely clean and well polished, but with a Flawed battle system. It, I thought it was a decent game. I I, I liked and I colorful. liked its quirks. I liked the colors. I liked that the characters. It was color, not it was not a black and white game like Ray Three. That is true. Coded. It had colors. They are color coded by their hair. <laughs> so uh, for our next game, we've decided to prove to you guys that we are going to hit the big titles too. We're not just doing uh, obscure Game Boy games and games Russ likes. So. Even though, you know, I could go for that. but So, for our next title, we went ahead. We will do Final Fantasy at some point, because we have to. Even though it's a beating. Oh. But we're going to do 
Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest One for our next game. And you will get to see me interchangeably call it Dragon Quest and Dragon Warrior, just like yeah, at the drop of a hat. I think that's going to happen with me too. Uh, but we can address all of that next time. So thanks for stopping by. Thanks for joining Thank us you. for another episode of Home on the RNG. Russ would like to say goodbye to you all. Goodbye. See you next episode. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaur productions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you. <laughs>